Hello? Uh, hello? Hello? I didn't hear you pick up. Hello? Hello? I, did I pick up? I, I don't know. Did I pick up? It, it feels like we're here. Were you calling me? Mm-hmm. I was calling you. You're, oh, my God. What are the chances? You hang up first. You hang up first. You hang up first. <laughs> oh, hello. How are you? Oh, hi, uh, how's it oh, going? Oh. Huh. Huh. Oh. Huh. Uh, huh. That's, that's a, good. Good coincidence? <laughs> It's <laughs> good. <laughs> it's a little early. Yeah, it is. It's early. It feels early. It feels early. Yeah. I, I haven't talked to you. Uh, talked to you in forever. How you doing? Oh, you know. You know. You know. I'm good. I'm good. I do. I do know. I, I didn't do, have to I ask. Think. It was mainly for you know the purposes of the listening public. Yeah, sure. How are you? Oh, that's what people. Oh no, want I'm, to know. I'm I'm great. I mean, as ever. I think the answer is always. <sighs> But mm-hmm. no, no, I'm I'm doing I'm doing great. Five by five, you know. Yeah, sure, sure. Kicking it, old school, new new school. Because I'm an old old fool. You're an old fool in a new school. Yeah. I uh, I was uh, I was looking in the fridge, and I found some cheese. I found a, a block, a Tillamook, a block of cheese. It, we it, we it, all it, like a sharp cheddar. Yeah, we all have it up here. Uh, Tillamook, of course, Oregon brand of of dairy products uh-huh. and they make a, they make what they call the baby loaf, which is about the size of, a, I made a baby loaf. Uh, I know <laughs> it's about the size of a brick. Well, like a brick you would build a house with maybe okay. a little bigger. Okay. Made of, made of a cheddar. What's and it called? Ba- baby brick. What's it called? Baby loaf. Baby loaf. Oh. So everybody in the Northwest, as far as I know, has a baby loaf in their fridge at all times. It's actually quite a bit of cheese. It sounds like a regional name for a food. A baby loaf, yeah. Like a like a like a what's what's was it an apple baby? <clears throat> Isn't that a kind of like a like a pie? Yeah, an applet and a collet. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. So 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 you remember squirrely bread? You came up here one time and you were so fascinated that we had something called squirrely bread. I'm having. I'm totally blanking out, except to say I absolutely whatever. If it had the word squirrely in it, I know I was super into it because I love that word. Yeah. It was. It's called squirrely bread. Because it didn't use any wheat, it was all just um, okay. Other kinds of seeds, and you you like picked up the the loaf. I've said loaf a lot already this morning. That's okay. <laughs> you picked up the loaf of squirrely bread and you you pranced around the house like squirrely bread. Did, did I? That yeah. kind of sounds like me. You yeah. know, for some reason, squirrely bread it sounds like a, like a thin shit to me, which reminds yeah. me of funnel cakes. That's another kind of regional food, I think. Yeah, yeah, it is. I don't it know is. if that's purely Appalachian, but it was big where I'm from. Which is well, ba- Appalachian adjacent. Baby loaf isn't. I mean, if you sat down and tried to eat a baby loaf to your head, you would be you would be in bad shape. You would have a hard time getting around for a few days. I'm not, I'm not gonna look thing. it up on the internet, but so Tell them I, a baby loaf. When I, I love that. When I when I when I get squirrely loaf from when we get, I, first of all, I, I tend to overorder cheese. Hmm. I have I have cheese ambition that that exceeds my grasp, yeah. and, and so usually like like back in the day, let's say you're gonna make chili. And you need some cheese for it. And so sure. you get like a Tillamook. And uh, I think of that as being uh, like like almost like a, the size of a small ingot. Yeah, when I get yeah, a Tillamook, you know, it's probably a pound maybe. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. You're I've talking about, are you talking about it's like a four by four? Not the car. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's almost exactly beam. the dimensions of a four by four. And it's, what is it? Nine inches long, ten, 10 inches long. And, and then four yeah. inches by four. Unless it's been swimming. Okay. Uh, and so it um, it's uh, it's just a staple food. Everybody's got a baby loaf. It's not it's not a fancy cheese. You don't pull out a baby loaf unless you're doing what you just said, making chili or. But it's always there. It's our it's our hometown, even though it's from Oregon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's our northwestern cheese. Anyway, the problem with the baby loaf is it's a lot of cheese. Yeah, and that's a commitment. It, yeah, and the way things get moved around in the fridge. You know, sometimes you can lose half a loaf. Yeah, For, you forget it. You forget it's there. So if your house is anything like mine, and I deeply hope that it's not, there there is a process of jamming things into the refrigerator that ends up creating piles. Yeah, and like you could lose lose a little loaf if you're not being cognizant. So I was going through the fridge and I found and I you know moved something aside and up oh, there's a half a loaf back there. And usually what happens is you run out of baby loaf. And, you know, and you let a beat go by. Maybe you don't get baby loaf next time because if you've already eaten a four by four of cheese in the last grocery run, 
maybe you need to slow down, pump the brakes a little bit. Mm-hmm. Wait, 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 a, wait a week or two. Get that's that's going to slow your intestinal transit fairly significantly. Yeah, and you're not going to be making chili every week either. You know, you just mm. you the loaf the Deneu. loaf suggests. I, I would love to have uses. chili every week, but it's a lot of work. I know. And okay, people, so, you, so you found you found you found a, a partial a partial loaf. I found I found a half a loaf, but guess what? What you know what expired? It well covered blue with with green mold. That's fine. You can deal with that. You got so, the tools. You got the tools for that. I got all the tools. So you know, because I'm a bachelor, I don't have to check with anybody. I don't have to. I don't have to say like, is this a commandment? Because I, my family. Now, John, are, say say what you mean. You yeah. don't have to ask another person for permission to eat wet cheese. That's right. This is and my the, cheese. I'll eat it if I feel like it. I don't have to ask anybody. The thing is, my mom is one of those people. You know, we have uh, as as we've established, we have food scientists who are regular listeners to the program. That's who, absolutely uh, right. Who uh, who love to talk D- about doctors Ben and Dawn, the Evans right. brothers. <laughs> they love. They love to. <laughs> They love to tell me, as they have many times, that eating anything is a risk. Yes, but and also, but see, this is the problem with those fuckers, and I love them. But they will then also at the same time say, but it's also fine. Right. Well, they don't rinse your every, chicken. I can't tell you why, but never rinse a chicken. Not while, is a not while it's alive. And every time you put something in your mouth, you take a risk. You just have to, you just have to ask yourself, is it worth the risk? Yeah. And, and in most cases, it is. A lot is. of Americans misunderstand risk, including me. My mom, of course, yeah. w- would... Uh, Can I guess? Would, oh, Can I guess? She, yeah, go ahead. Um, like, your mom's not a, a careless person at all. But, no. like, she, it does seem to me that, like, a big part of her, again, CF, you know... Ohio upbringing, she's not going to throw out part of a loaf if she knows that she can rescue some wet cheese out of it. And the thing about her is she grew up in a canning culture. You know, they would they would harvest everything in the, in the fall, and then they would sit and assembly line can everything. All the fruits, all the vegetables, all the meats. They had this, they had a, a, a cellar that was as big as the house. Yeah. And apparently my, my you, grandmother. You know they say, they say we're going we're gonna to put up, we're going to put up some peaches we're gonna or we're going to put, gonna put up, put up right. some cheese. Oh, not my grandmother. My great grandmother was like a legendary canner. Ooh. Her stuff won blue ribbons at the Ohio State Fair for her canned peaches because they would, as she was canning stuff, like she would hold it up before they had sealed it. And if the peaches weren't put in so that they're, so that they perfectly broadcast their freshness, you know, she would get in. She'd say, no, we have to redo this. That's good user. That's just good user, user interface. Exactly. So yeah. my mom has <clears throat> a canner culture and she has, uh, she has these uh, country adages like, well, that has too much sugar in it to spoil. And I go, what does that mean? Huh, She's like, oh, that, huh, that, huh. that won't spoil. It's Is that a thing you guys sugar. have talked much about as much as you've said it? Because oh, oh, this comes up a lot. Because sugar, say, sugar doesn't and sugar part of like it generates like uh, you know air and stuff, and that's what makes it burp. I mean, isn't 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 that what makes cans explode? Is sugar? I don't know. Well, but this is, she's not talking about canning at this point. I'm mm. holding something up that's been sitting on the counter for uh, half a decade. Oh, I go, this, this is a broader, a broader yeah. codex. And she, and she says, oh, that's got too much sugar to spoil. It's like a donut. And, and thing, things also have too much salt to spoil. She's got a lot of different things about stuff that's been sitting around where she's like, oh, you can eat that because that's got something, something, God, something. I respect that so much. And then there are other things where she's like, no, you don't. Yeah, not that. Some things you can scrape mold off of, some things you can't, you know, and she knows all this farmer stuff. So I, I follow her lead. Now, I, of course, I have members of my family oh dear, who will take a thing of yogurt out of the fridge, look at it, and it, ex- it quote unquote, expired a day ago. Oh, 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 John, is and there any like, oh, chance, any chance there's somebody in your house who picks something up that you know is not bad? Like, let's say you got some dried chives that, that expired mm-hmm. yesterday. Mm-hmm. And they go, oh, well, these are expired. And it's like, it's not medicine. And even if it was medicine, it would still be fine. It's still fine. It's still, you can, you can eat expired medicine. You can drink expired oh, half and I've half. I've eaten so much expired medicine. Oh, I know. I know. Some, I put expired medicine on myself all the time. I've medicine served expired that- medicine at weddings. <laughs> uh, it's called, it's called, my- an open, an open bar. But I have the ones around here where they, where they, uh, you know, they, <laughs> they, they, they put some half and half in something. And then they look at it, and it's been expired one day. And then they they feign gagging, and I'm oh, like, that oh, half oh, oh, oh. like that kind that of thing. Half is going to be good for uh-huh. another two weeks. Oh, pff. 
I mean, cream. Anyways. People just used to be there's enough cream in something that it's like I can't go bad. You just leave that out. It's fine. It's enough cream. You can't go bad. You can't go bad. That's right. Eggs don't go bad eggs unless you let them. Leave, leave them out. You rinse them. Not, not you know. You wouldn't rinse a chicken. <laughs> rinse, rinse the eggs. You know? it says right there. So anyway, so I cut <laughs> I all the rinse my chicken. I cut Sorry. all the, the the mold off the cheese. All right. Which was it was an involved process because it's a four by four of cheese and and it was moldy on all sides. It's a lot of surface area, John. Yeah, it was a big it was a big hairy uh, four by four. And so then I had all this cheese. I had the, this this moldy cheese, and you know me, I come from farming farming people, as I just said. Yes. I, you know, I don't want to I don't want to throw away a handful of moldy cheese if there's something else I can do with it. Yeah, I'm, that's that, this is this is a good point. Well, think about your squirrely bread. Where like yeah. in the absence of wheat, like you figure out how to make bread out of I don't know acorns or or peach pits or whatever it is you you people make your squirrely bread out of. Sure. But like just because this isn't food doesn't mean it can't be. So could it be a soap? You could maybe okay. turn that into an artisanal soap. Okay, all right. Or it good. could be bait for fishing. John Lurie loves loves to use cheese as bait. You See? you could you could there's but I I like your frame of mind which is like and it, it, unfortunately it, it does uh, sort of dovetail nicely with my hoarder tendency where I'm like that box is too good to throw out. I could make mm-hmm. that a supporting box for another box or something like that. Mm-hmm. So how where did you find yourself with your uh, little, little pile of cheese? Well, so I wasn't sure what to do with the cheese, so I put it in a bowl. And I put it next to the sink because I wanted to think about it for a day. Leave it out for the table. <laughs> and so, you know, I walked by this bowl of moldy cheese slices, you know, all day. And I'd look at it and I'd go, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, it's a little bit of that. You're like, waiting for it to speak to you, if I could say. Exactly. And, yeah. I, and, 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 and I'm thinking, you know, around the world, there are people that would, there were people that would kill their mother for this bowl of moldy cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, and who am I to just throw this in the garbage? Mm. Well, I'm sitting on my couch. I, because I, I, I didn't tell you this story, but you know I was sitting on the green chair. Oh right! Last time we talked, you were you were looking at a new possible arrangement for your seating. Yeah, so I was sitting on the green chair after we talked about it, getting comfortable over there, saying like, okay, this is my new spot. But do you remember one of the things that I needed over there? Um, let's see. So there's going to be your 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 podcast stuff. You got a view right. of the house. Yep. Yep. Uh, no, remind me. I needed an end table. Oh right, and I and I and I was gonna get an end table, but then you know I. It's gonna feel like oh, it can only be a pilot project, uh, an experiment, until you start fitting it with the stuff that you need for, for right your, and, for your cockpit. And I think I might have even gotten up, and went to get an end table or find an end table, and then I, I got ADD'd into, uh, you know, carrying a bowl of cheese around or whatever it was. I forgot to get an end table. And so I was sitting on the green chair, <laughs> and I was put, and I put my coffee cup uh, between my knees um, because I couldn't get a, a, a bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwich without the tomato. Right. And then I forgot it was there, <clears throat> and I stood up. Oh, jeez. And then the coffee went everywhere on the carpet, and I had to get up and clean the. I had to clean it all up, and now I look over at the green chair, and I'm like, oh God, do I dare? Go over there now and sit on that. Was that like could just? 10 I mean, I, you 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 know yourself better than I ever will. But that could just be a you know uh, g- growing pains. Okay, I hope I hope I hope you're right. Because you're saying this is all pre-table. You for, you stipulated earlier. You forgot to get. I forgot it. An end table, yeah. and then that's what caused the the uh, the, the crotch coffee situation. Yeah, I'm hoping that okay. that's just a. The, but anyway, that's and then you got a little ding. I'm, you got a little ding in the quarter panel of your ding. experience. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm back on the couch. Anyway, it's like two two thirty in the morning, and I hear a scritching, and I'm like, <clears throat> I, I I know all the scritches. God, you I hear hope it's Stuart here. Little. <laughs> I know all the scritches, and and I hear a new scritch. Yeah, ain't no possum. Mm, it's and that's the thing. It's not a possum. Yeah, but it is a scritch. Uh huh. And so I get up and I I do the tiptoe that you do when you when you hear a scritch. Because you don't want to, you don't want to surprise. Right, because they know what a scritch. They know, whatever that thing is, if it's near the cheese, it probably can hear people trying to be quiet. Exactly. It's two yeah. o'clock in the morning for a reason. This That's thing is scritching in the middle of the day. Yep, 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 yep. And so I scritch over, and I'm thinking the bowl of cheese has, in that short amount of time, attracted a scritcher. Yep. So I tiptoe into the- Without saying, did you have an idea in your mind what kind of scritcher that was going to be? Well, I was listening to the scritch. And yeah. the th- thing about 
that is, you know, from past experience, I've listened to some scritches and been wrong. Well, I thought one was a possum. Speaking of ingots. Right? Yeah. Other scritches, you know, you hear a scritch, you think, whoa, that thing's big. And then you look at it and you're like, oh, that was a, that's a, that, you know, the scritch is bigger than the thing mm-hmm. sometimes. Other times you think, oh, that's a tiny little scritch. It turns out it's a big critter. So I'm listening to the scritch and what I'm hoping is, I hope that's not a rat. Yeah. Because God made the rat. Yeah. Yeah. And, and rats, you know, they, we, we experience them sometimes as a lone wolf. But I think they tend to be kind of packy. Yeah. Well, and if you hear a rat, it's already too late. Yeah. That's what they see in Florida. Everywhere you see, there's a hundred in the walls. Exactly. Oh, God. So awful. So I I tiptoe over to the sink, and at one point, the floor creaks and the scritching stops, and I'm like, oh. Then I I get really, really quiet. We stand there, and I'm only feet away from the kitchen cabinet. Lights on, lights off. Lights are on. Okay. Oh, wait. Wait, wait, wait. No. Lights in the kitchen are off, but I have my phone in my hand with my thumb hovering over the light, uh, the, the flashlight. Yeah. Right, ready. You're, you're ready. Ready to blow them up. So then I freeze and I wait and they wait. And then little by little, the scratching starts. And so I get over to the, to the underside of the sink and I throw open the door and I shine the light in there. And sure enough, there's a little Stuart Little. Like a little guy, not, not a full-on rat. No, a little tiny guy. Mm. Little, little, little gray mouse. Mm. And he doesn't know what's happening. The, there's a, you know, suddenly spotlights are on. And so kind of disoriented, he wanders around back behind the, behind the bottles of goof-off and, and uh, stovetop cleaner. Yeah. Climbs up a hose and goes through a little hole huh? in the plywood at the back of the thing. Okay. And I realize they, it's got nothing to do with the cheese. The mouse is in the garbage. The mouse has found the garbage that's under the sink. It's just a coinky dink? Nothing to do with the cheese. Wow. So I, ain't, the, ain't the human mind a funny thing? You know, here I am thinking it's the cheese the whole time. Yeah, the cheese stands so alone. Then I see there's, there's mouse poops. Oh, like, this geez. isn't this mouse's first rodeo. This guy's having a real night out. He's been in this garbage before. There's mouse poops on the, on the, on the ground. <laughs> and, um, and so I say, well, uh, this is an end to this party. And I grab the, uh, the tin foil, the aluminum foil, mm-hmm. and I take jam a bunch it of it hole. and I jam it in all the holes. I think steel wool's good for that, too. That's right. And I, was I do, I do for steel or copper wool and then put duct tape over it. I should have done the duct tape. I put the the, the tinfoil in there, and I knew this was a this was a an issue. No, so I, I mean no. You're you're doing you're doing like the thing is if you have to treat your buddy in the field, he, he's face down in the mud. You're you're not going to wait for Hawkeye Pierce to show up. You're just going to start right. jamming stuff in the wound, right? Well, and th- this is you know two thirty in the morning. Oh, yes. and, I, and I I twisted my and knee this, this, this week. Little, so this little this little playboy thinks he's a cutie. He's gonna, he's going to come in here and he's going to shit in your wastebasket. So I'm under the sink cramming uh, tinfoil in the hole, and I hear scritching. Oh, my God. From the garbage can. What? Next to me, right in my ear. He's got a wingman. And so I go, oh, wow, this is, you know, time to move. Yeah, yeah. And I gather up the garbage bag. I pull it out of the thing. Well, they've, like, uh, uh, eaten little holes in the side of the garbage I was going to say other holes in the garbage bag. So now it is, now this is a situation. Oh, what you got now? That, you know what you got? You got a project. I got, I got something that's got to happen. Stat, as yeah. they would say on MASH. Hockey Pierce, yeah. And you know, and this isn't a Colonel Blake era. No. This is a, this is a uh, you know. Uh, uh, Colonel Potter. Colonel Henry, right? Oh, you're saying, you're saying this goes back to Lieutenant Colonel Blake. Well. We lost him over the Sea of Japan. There were no survivors. <laughs> One of the things we don't know is how, I mean, there's mouse, but now I'm seeing mouse poops and I'm seeing them in my dreams. So I gather up the bag and right out the door, and I'm in my underpants, but you know, I've got a, 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 a lot of privacy around here. I put my loafers on and I run the bag. are scaring people away. <laughs> They're scaring everybody away except the raccoons who are mesmerized. <laughs> but I, I run them down. I Imagine run them. Sitting there with little, their little, little leathery black hands held together as if they're praying. So I run it down. I put it in the garbage can outside, the outdoor garbage can. 
And I go, look, little mouse or mice yeah. that are in that bag. I don't mean to say that your fate is sealed. You may ride this out. You've well, got. I mean, a QED, we've seen that they can chew through bag. Right? They can mm -hmm. chew through bag. Let's assume they're going to get out of the bag, but now they're in the can. That's true. The thing is, the can is full of food. A regular Harry Houdini situation going that's on. That's right. That, that's right. He's inside the milk crate, upside down, hanging from the Brooklyn Bridge. You know, as they say, out of the bag into the can. Yeah. But the thing is, all they have to do is survive until tomorrow. Then they get thrown into the garbage truck. Oh, don't throw me in the briar patch. I bet you a garbage truck has got 50 mice in it. Are you kidding me? That, that's fucking Studio 54 to me. So. Exactly. It's a key party. So I'm like... This may seem like a death sentence to you, little guy, and I definitely have separated you from your from your pal. God, I wish but, somebody I wish somebody had been there to film this. I wish just, I wish I could hear know. your monologue to, to the <laughs> mice or mises. I'm like, hold the line, don't despair. We're not so different, you and I. <laughs> <laughs> just keep eating <laughs> the old <laughs> This episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com slash supertrain. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and for growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, you can engage with your audience, and you can sell anything, whether that's your products, services, or even the stuff that you create. Whatever it is you want to do, Squarespace has got you covered. So much you can do. You can use their insights to grow your business. So if you've ever wondered where your site visits and sales are coming from and which channels are the most effective. You can analyze all of that in Squarespace. And once you got that data, you can improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords or your most popular products and content. Of course, you can sell your products in an online store. Again, whether that's physical objects, digital stuff, whatever it is, Squarespace has the tools that you need to start selling online. One of my favorites, you get started with the best in class, a website template, and then you customize it to fit your own needs. It really is as easy as browsing the category of your business. Uh, you can find a perfect place to start. And then you customize it all yourself. Just a few clicks, a couple drags, and Bob is your uncle. It's the best. Uh, you're using Squarespace right now because that is where the Roderick on the Line podcast is hosted. Uh, ever thus, it shall be, uh, one imagines. A uh, big fan of Squarespace. They do my personal sites, and they probably ought to be doing yours, uh, as well as for your business. You know, if you got a business, go on and do your business, and let Squarespace take care of the rest. So right now, please go to squarespace.com slash supertrain. Get yourself a free trial with no credit card required. And then when you're ready to launch, use our very special offer code, supertrain. And that's going to get you 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Once more, at squarespace.com slash supertrain. Sign up with that offer code, supertrain, for 10% off of your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. <laughs> you know, we, my, my, the reason I asked for extra time this morning is my kid and I wanted to finish this X-Men movie we both like a lot. And I, I, for some reason, Which one? Get, huh? Which one? Do you care? Yeah. Uh, X-Men First Class. Oh, I like that movie. I don't understand why Michael Fassbender develops an Irish accent in the third act, but I'll set it aside <laughs> for now. But because I love Michael Fassbender so much, because he is literally German, um, mm. as we know from *Inglorious Bastards*. You know, you hit with the counting. Yes, of course. So, uh, but I, this does sound a little bit like like your uh, like a speech that, that somebody would give in the third act of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> you say, well, yeah, you, know, you just, say like, uh, don't, don't think it's sort of like the way, you know, you talk to Azrael or Kevin Bacon <laughs> and you say like, oh, you know, I well, did this for you. I'm trying to help you. That classic thing in X-Men of like, or like think about the Joker going like, you need me, Batman. That's right. Right. Like We're a band uh, you, we, of brothers. Yes. We happy few. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, two so thirty now it's 2.35 at this point. You've just oh, finished yeah, your we're, speech. <laughs> we're edging on three o'clock in the morning and now I'm breaking up families here. But I, and the thing is, I don't know how many mice are in that bag. That could be, there could be six mice in there. Well, I mean, there's, there's a scritching you hear and a scritching you don't hear. And there, there can be a stillness to a mouse. I don't think there are six mice. I'm surprised but, there were two, John. I always well, figure, that, if you haven't seen a butt, I mean, and I'm not even going to fucking get into it, but our garage has had to, our garage has been the locus of a fair amount of rodent, not fair amount, but on like four occasions in the last 20 three years we've had to really get serious about it little ones or big ones um well if i'm being honest mm -hmm. almost always little ones but for yeah. a while we had big ones oh yeah i didn't want to let the whole public know this but that sure time I when know. i put five cameras in the garage and created a, a panopticon is because we did have a very very smart very cute rat 
Oh, and did the five cameras help? Kind was it a, of. Was it like a five-star yeah. uh, pepper? Yeah, see, if I say anything, I'm going to get yelled at. Because, oh, why don't you just fill a garbage can with water and put a board on it like your fucking Rube Goldberg? What, and drowned it? Well, no. Or you know, There's all these people who are like, never use a glue trap. And I'm like, glue oh. traps are all that work. They suck and they're mean, but they do. Are you, are you out there baiting a fucking like Tom and Jerry style mousetrap with a piece of Swiss cheese? Has that ever worked for anyone? Mice, Mises and Ratses hates them to pieces. They, mm. <laughs> Bubba Baggins hates them. <laughs> but they, they he hates out, them. They hates them. <laughs> I don't even know my token anymore. I don't know what I'm even. talking about. <laughs> Right, but like you figure, I always thought that it's like you've got maybe like I want to say like a ranger. You got explorers. You got the ones who go out and like identify: is there water here? Is there food there? They cover. I think it's true for ants. I'm positive, mm-hmm. pretty positive, it's true for ants. You oh, got a yeah. whole system. Ask E.O. Wilson. Oh, yeah. I read I've a got, book about it. I've got a whole system dealing with the scouts. That's what I'm saying. But they're like, always you, scouting my shit out. Yeah, but like, like it's, oh, yeah. it is a little unusual if you haven't. What I'm trying to get at is there are times where, like, because of course we save fucking everything. These baby clothes will be good for somebody. Oh yeah, these baby clothes that now have rat shit all over them. Uh, and you're and like, but you move something like you move a box of Lego on a high shelf and you get a different kind of scritch title. No. You get that, and you're oh no, here they come, and there's all that poop. You know what I'm saying? Mm, but here's what I'm mm. saying. It's like, like, if you haven't found a lot of poop in one area already, yeah. I don't think it's been as colonized. It hasn't even, I'm not an expert at this. My sense is that first one, one, one guy goes and figures it out. Like that there's a stuff here and then they maybe bring some others. And then if you discover the bag with holes in it, the telltale sign, but like, that doesn't mean there's like a nest in it. With that right. said, I think two rangers, one kitchen, that's, that's, there, 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 there must be something going on where they've got to find new uh, environments. Well, and the, 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 the wall that they're coming in where he w- went back out through the hole, that's an outside wall, right? So it's, it's conceivable. This is a mid-mod house. It's not like my old – my old house was built – But there's still wall in between. There's right? wall, yeah. But, you know, the, the, the farm basically had a style of architecture that, that uh, derived from the Underground Railroad. There were, there were places you could hide a whole family in that house, like five or six different places you could hide a family in the walls. Lousy with monk holes. And this house is this mid-mod style where it's like, well, it is what you see. Like, the wall mm-hmm. is exactly as thick as a two-by-four and two pieces of plywood, okay. one on either side, right? There's no there's no how, uh, mystery cabinet. Isn't like a, like, right a, like a house where you, you get, like, there's an exterior wall, and there's this, and there's the fashion, and the soffit. And then, like, there's there's the insulation, and there's the beams, and all that stuff. You don't, you don't have, like, uh, bioavailable... Uh, layers so much in your walls yeah the thing about mid-century architecture i guess is they were like we've got this all figured out we don't need insulation anymore we just put one tiny piece of like like compressed foam right they're not i mean it's not genius sometimes it's not so different from you know like uh, it it is different but like living in florida being stuck in a place especially inexpensive housing like apartments or dorms where like the the you can crack the windows. Maybe like you could crack the window in some hotel rooms, like mm-hmm. very, very barely. But like if that air conditioning went out, you'd be fucked because <laughs> it was never designed to not have air conditioning, right? right and I, right. I wonder if the sim- a similar thing happened at a certain point in what you're calling mid, mid-century mid modern, where mm-hmm. you're like, oh, we have the best furnaces available in North America. And like, we can keep this place toasty warm all the time. Ha, we don't need to waste all that money on insulation. Yeah. Insulation lot, didn't become a big thing until like the 70s i remember i i was i was living in a house in spokane when they drilled big holes in the side and filled the walls with insulation yep prior to that we had the heater on in a, a particularly cold winter and a pitcher on on the kitchen table with an apple in it froze solid are you kidding me the pitcher full of water somebody Before. put an apple in it i don't know why it's froze solid it was that cold in the house it's so probably the not year, your mom your mom would have eaten it no, no, no. This was, I bet it was your this dad. Was I bet your dad. Was, no, this was college. My dad oh, okay. and mom, they're, they're, they're fully functioning You people. never liked they're, your dad's scrambled eggs. <sighs> later. Later, I understood what he was getting at. You know, I understood what he was trying well, to do. that's all of our eggs. fate, John. You know? Yeah. It was you only know, We all want to feed our mouse family one way or another. When, when I grew up and I was a father, mm-hmm. I understood his eggs. Excuse <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> so, me. So, the, so I go away. This whole, this whole mouse thing happened two days ago. I go away. I do my adventures. I go home. I go. To, or, no, first of all, I go to sleep. Right then, I have a, a day. I do adventures. I go go around, 
And then late at night, I come back, and uh, and I've got something to throw in the garbage. And I go out to the garbage can that's out in the street. I open the lid, and there, sitting on top of the of the bag, is a mouse, just sitting on on the top of a sealed bag. She's climbed up to the top, and is now sitting patiently on top of the bag. And I open the lid, and she's there. Jacques. Yeah. And so I threw my whatever my piece of garbage <laughs> I'm was. I'm the captain in there. now. <laughs> and I and I, cl- I closed the lid uh, faster than she could, you know, make a leap for it. <clears throat> and so what I thought was maybe there was a hole in the bottom of the garbage can that she could get out, but apparently not. She must have tried that. She must have thought this that. This is like a, a big municipal hinged plastic can. Yeah, oh yeah, it's one of those. Okay, it's not like a super big one. It's but a, it's not like a New York City 1970s Oscar the Grouch can. No, no, it's a plastic one on wheels. So that's gonna be tough to get out of. <clears throat> that's what. I, but I was thinking maybe there was a hole that let mm-hmm. let liquid out or something. But no, then it, then you I know, they was, again like, in Florida, no. the lore of Florida. It says about roaches. I've also heard this about other critters. If their head can get through it, the rest of them can get through it. And I think that's true for a mouse too. Yeah. But so I mean, she's a, rat, in there. a rat. I think it's understood that a rat, being a full-sized rat, like it, I think they can get through a hole the size of a dime. I've heard. Isn't that crazy? Because yeah, there's something happens. And again, I'm not a herpetologist, but uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've had COVID. Um, that was the, a great yeah. bacon ray song. That was such a good I'm bacon ray song. I'm not a herpetologist. <laughs> the uh, yeah, but I think something happens like with snakes or something where they're like their skeleton is very like kind of collapsible. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Have you ever heard that about about yeah. uh, about the rodents? Yeah. Oh no, I've seen it happen. <clears throat> I've seen it in real life. No, I've you, seen you, a, you, a rat you, get through a, a dime. You ever, you ever seen a squid go through a hole in a boat? I've seen it on TV. Oh fuck up your life, man. Yeah, I've never been. I've never like seen it firsthand. I I live. Oh no, I, I would literally walk into the sea if I saw that. There's no way. All these all these videos you see now of orcas <laughs> trying to sink ships. Yes. I'm like, what an honor. What an honor, sir, to have you try and sink a sailboat that I'm on. Like, I would be so pleased. I totally agree. I can't imagine what a, being what out a, there. What a, what a, what a dignified way to die. Like, you oh, really, yeah. you've earned it. What are you doing? You're the one that needs a fucking boat to be here. The whole world Smart is ass. waiting for the first people to die of orca boat sinking. I attack. hope it's a crypto conference, kind of. Wouldn't that be awesome? I mean, I don't, want, I don't like, want anybody to, like, have misery and loss in their life, but if it is going to be somebody, I'd like an orca to do it. I'd like it to be to people who think Ethereum's coming back. Some crypto bro scene where they are on a sailboat of yeah. their own design. So many of them having I, ever I, studied I, sailboat design. I've got this headache. If I suddenly feel the sound of many Zoom calls beginning and suddenly being silenced. So, <clears throat> so, okay. So, so she's she's in the can. You haven't identified a hole. You don't. You have not said. But you cannot. You, you're not. You. Uh, there's probably a reason you have not said. Oh yeah, that was definitely the one that was in my cheese or my trash. But it could be. They think it probably is is the one. It has to be. I've never seen a mouse sitting uh, proud atop a, a bag of garbage in that garbage can before. It has John, to if be. I could say that mouse, is making, that, that mouse is making a point. That mouse was up there waiting for me to come. And this is, I have to remind you, the middle of the night. So the mouse is Would like, you Would you be oh, that wait. alert sitting on trash after, after uh, what, five or six hours? She must I mean, have heard my boots on the scritch, gravel. Scritch, scritch, scritch. And said... You know, this is my moment. If yeah. not to escape, then at least to fix him with my mousy gaze. I'm Spartacus. And so, exactly right. It's exactly right. So I come back in. Well, this is the this is the the part of the story that uh, that you know. I guess I guess this is the the reveal. This okay. is the prestige. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the pledge. I come into the house. <clears throat> Thinking about this mouse in the in the garbage can. She's still out at this point. And I look, and there's the bowl of cheese, the uh-huh. bowl of moldy cheese sitting on the counter. Uh-huh. And I'm and I realize, <clears throat> wait, you're you, now you're in a kind of uh, like a like a uh, some kind of uh, war of respect with these mice, and you're going to leave a bowl of moldy cheese on the counter? Like what madness are you trying to invite into your home? And so, so, but at this point, because the 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 way this, if you, again, if your brain's anything like mine, you'd paused on. Well, here's okay. Let me put, put it the way I put it. So, uh, like as with you, 
I would think to myself, what am I going to do with this cheese? I mean, chances are, yeah, I'd probably just throw it out. But there's a yeah. part of me that would go, I don't want to throw out. I, is there anything I can do with this? Right? Yeah. System. So far, so good. Right? But then at a certain point, this is kind of like that guy we talked about, that voice that goes, eh, I got this. Right? Which he doesn't got. But like, there's some part of you that's like kind of paused that project for a minute because you know you need to like chew on it a little more. Yeah, I forgot right? about the cheese for a day, even though I was and now it did able not to- make the world's most obvious like Warner Brothers cartoon level of connection that it probably should have. Exactly, right? You because, think the cheese attracted the Mises? Well, no, I don't. I think the cheese, the, the, the Mises were already there before the A lot the of the Mises cheese stuff is a bit of a mythology. Okay, and I agree no, with no, that. Like, like, no, because I'm just saying that, but they, I think they do like peanut butter. They hate glue traps. But like we, because we've seen so many cartoons, we think cheese equals mouse. Yeah, and they, and they want peanut butter. That's what all the magazines say. That's you know, put say. peanut butter on the trap. Uh, but, but what had happened... Uh, was that uh, I had attention deficit disordered my way into not seeing the bowl of moldy cheese on the counter, not right? seeing so it. So I put it there, mm-hmm. and for a day I walked past it and thought about it every time I looked at it, and then it became part of the landscape. And so Even as the thing that got your attention, it's a form of personal misdirection. The mm-hmm. thing that had top popped nearer to the top of your cognition stack is the, the, the Mises issue. Right, which now I see has at least a, a narrative or a lyrical. Columbo, Columbo would want to like ch- like track it down. I think he would want to say, "Did this have anything to do with that?" I, or you know, did I manifest the mice? Is the are the mice in my part of my imagination because I'm thinking about the cheese all day? That's the secret. Who moved my cheese? Yes. <clears throat> and now by this point, of course, the cheese is sweaty. So That's I've got moldy you got your and cheese sweaty is so cheese. fucking wet. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 wet cheese at this point. So I see it again because I just had this experience with the mouse and I go, I've got to deal with this cheese. But now now more than ever, I don't want to throw the cheese in the garbage because the garbage <laughs> Now is the mouse Can you just go back and throw it over the fence where the where the Sprite and the cigarettes were? So this is what I do. Oh, John. Oh, this is better than wind chimes. So I, I, oh. take, I take the bowl of cheese. <laughs> I cannot fucking believe you did this. You got some blue, wet, blue cheese. No, cheese no, no, no. Blue. Because I know better than to throw anything over a fence. Because, you know, this is like, this is like that teacher I had in high school. I was emceeing. I decided, you know, this is how I succeeded in high school, right? I was such hmm. a loser in ninth and tenth grade. In eleventh grade, I said, I wrote on a little B- BMOC. notepad. Yeah, I'm going to be BMOC. I'm sorry, I, I, I cut off your story. To, to, no. to remind our listeners what you did, you you had a desk blotter, if memory serves. I, I did a desk blotter, and I wrote, you know, I'm going to be a, a a student leader, a big man right? on campus, big man on campus. I didn't even know what that meant, but you know, the 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 year before, I was this kid whose mom still cut his hair, who had dandruff all over his, you know, his like granimals. And all the <laughs> other kids, all the other kids in the school were making out with each other and wearing Ralph Lauren clothes. And, and, and you were they, judging them. You know, I was, I was, but yeah. then I realized, you know, what, 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 which one are you going to be, my friend? Yeah. Are you going to be a pimple? What, what, event, are you, what event are you going to host? And so anyway, so so I started, you know, I started being Mr. Guy, right? I was, and and this it was eleventh grade. Listen to all of our tenth grade listeners who feel like they're losers. Next year, it's another opportunity to 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 my to kid's step gonna up. be a tenth grader in August. Well, that's the thing. Tenth grade was hard on me. Oh, that but, was you know, Townsend year. But I joined newspaper, uh-huh, uh-huh. and then I and you know pretty soon I I had an in. The teachers knew me of course because I was a because I was a nerd. <laughs> And I was like, what if I MC the pep assemblies? And they were like, somebody's got to do it. And, uh, and one of them, I was MCing the air band uh, contest. Which guitar? If, if you, it, it, yes. If you recall in the mid-80s, uh, you could fill an entire auditorium. Oh, yeah. At 8 o'clock at night, people come back to the school for the air guitar contest. It was um, a sold-out sold show. My, my, I believe, junior year... Um, we had a band called called Freedom Jam come to our school. And it turns out, because you know, do that thing. I think it's exactly what you're describing. They come during the school day and say, you don't need drugs. We're going to tear a phone book in half, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, like, if you really dig this, man, you got to come back tonight. Totally a Christian rock band. Oh. And they were like the Temptations. There were several different Freedom Jam. But I went to see the Freedom Jam, and they had an air guitar contest, and I won. You won! And well, what they, was your they, tune? they gave it to the cute girl instead. But, I mean, I think the audience agreed that I did a much better job. <laughs> and what was your tune? Oh, no, it's just the, the dingling Christian rock guy, but he was doing a fake eruption. And I knew how to play fake eruption. I have a tennis racket. 
So oh, I did spoodly sure. doodlies and I and I rocked and I jumped and the on the whole night. It was absolutely a thing. We did karaoke like sushi was invented much later. This this is what we did for entertainment. You'd go to see a Christian rock band at, at six thirty p.m. and then you could play play an air instrument and they tell you just a little bit about you know. Hey, you know, you know one really cool guy on campus, and then I'll turn their chairs around. <laughs> <laughs> Hand out uh, uh, extreme teen Bibles, yeah. And so you you, you would be you so you're the MC. You're up there. You're, you're you're cracking wise, and you're introducing people. Are you reading off of uh, three by five cards? Well, no, because you know I've always been an improviser. But but in Anchorage at the time, uh, this was a thing that that uh, groups of kids, groups of kids in the school, would put together a band: drummer, bass player, guitar player, singer maybe keyboard player out of their friend group, they would sign up for the air band contest. And then Mr. Hedberg, the choir teacher, I think even would audition them. Mm -hmm. And then they put together a show, like an hour long show, a lineup of bands that would come out and and like, like a, like a battle of the bands talent show type. Exactly. Like, okay. Now, now check, check one. Yep, lost you. No, wrong, wrong, wrong mic. Your input changed. Check. Mm. Yeah. Hey there. Hey. I'm back online. You are now. You are now. You're oh, now. there we go. Um. So, so uh, Mr. Mr. Hedberg would. Uh, he's treating this very seriously. This is oh, a school wait, event. That, like you say, there was no karaoke at this time. This was a big thing, and the cheerleaders did. We got the beat. And then, you know, the 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 really cool 10th graders all turned their collars up and did old time rock and roll. You know, it's like a, a whole thing. And I was the MC because that was the job I had appointed for myself in all things. I was going to be a successful high school student by being the guy the, by being the comedian that got up with a rubber chicken in between songs and said, hey, that was the cheerleaders doing. Yeah, you're, the you're the guy in like a tuxedo T-shirt. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm the I'm the disc jockey. And uh, I've, I've, I know I've told you this story, but I had a bag of props, and I'm and I'm going through the bag of props. <laughs> tell you know, me if you did, please tell me again. Uh, you know, I, I don't. I didn't any actually, story about you performing as Mr. Guy with props? I will hear any number of times. <laughs> I did not have a rubber chicken, but uh, one thing that happened was uh, there was uh, rubber chickens are not that funny. <laughs> there was a, there was like a. Uh, a guy, oh, was it Toby Ferrari? No, Toby mm. Ferrari got his truck stuck in the mud. No, it was, uh, I don't think it was Peter Hunt. It was one of the guys in our uh, in our class had been driving through my neighborhood one night really uh, drunk. Mm-hmm. And right in front of me and a couple of other people crashed his car into a pole, uh, spun it around, you know, like a, a huge disaster. And... T- Fire trucks, dogs and cats sleeping together. Everybody's there. And uh, and I went over to the wreckage and the rear view. It was a kind of fancy car, a sports car. And uh, the rear view mirror had gotten bashed off. And so, I, of course, I collected it. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm emceeing the, 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 uh, the event and I pull the rear view mirror out of my, out of my uh, bag. And I go, oh, look here. It's, you know, it's whatever. Peter Bland's rear view mirror. And it, this was a big enough event at our school that everybody... Uh, really oh, so, so I see what you do. So you come out and you're like, I wonder what's in this bag, right? Exactly. Hmm. Like, what's I'm not even bag? sure what's in it. Oh, look, it's Peter's mirror. And, yeah, oh, look, it's Peter's mirror. And everybody, you know, big, oh, shit, no way. And of course, it could have been just been any garbage mirror, but it actually was his mirror. That's the, yeah. that was the best part. But at one point, I pull out of the bag uh, some some wax lips. And our, our younger listeners are not going to remember the, the amuse-bouche that was a pair of wax lips. Yeah. But a pair of wax lips are just what it sounds like. It's a pair of big lips made of wax. And they're presented as a form of candy. Yeah, right. But they're not candy. It's not candy at all. But it I is mean, that's like thinking a candle wax. is food. It's like a candle, but it, but it's, it's lips. A, it's a mouth candle. And you put it in your mouth, you, and you, so you bite on it, yeah. but then it looks like you have big Mick Jagger lips made mm-hmm. out of wax. And so I put the Mick Jagger lips mm. out on made of wax, but you, you can't talk with them. No. So I just kind of do the, like, hey, I've got mer, wax lips. <laughs> Look in my mouth. It's not hey, normal. I'm funny. And, you know, and I was doing the- Waka, I was, waka, waka. I was definitely doing a, a, a waka, waka, right? Yeah, you're Fozzie Bear. 
I was doing a Fozzie. I was doing an unknown comic from the Gong Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was an intentionally bad comic. But so I get done with the wax lips, and I and I do the uh, I do the huck. I huck them into the crowd. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, here's here's one for the ladies. You know, I huck the wax lips in the lip. And I and I go go back into the bag to my next routine, and there's a you know there's a one two three count, and then those wax lips come back at me out of the audience, oh. obviously thrown by a baseball player. Oh, and I you know I barely avoid serious injury. The point of the story was backstage while uh you know while the the seniors are doing walk like an Egyptian or whatever the heck. Mr. Hedberg comes up. He's got the headset, microphone. The you know he's like stage managing. He's got a clipboard. He's wearing a vest. He comes. He did wear a vest. Yeah, because he, he's he's basically Gene from uh, you know Apollo thirteen. He comes over and he says, "Listen, listen, kid, listen, son. Yeah. Don't make me throw, call Frank Kufel." <laughs> he said, "Never throw anything into an audience that you're not prepared to have thrown right back at you." Oh my God, John. He, there's no like, way he knew what a brilliant thing that was to say. Well, I've thought about it every. Oh. This is this is like if you see the if look at me in the drinking yeah, yeah, fountain. Yeah, it's Eric's Eric's water fountain. fountain. Yeah. Uh, do not throw anything into an audience that you're not prepared to have thrown back at, at oh, you. Has saved my life many times because all the times I've thought, hey, I'm going to throw this thing into the audience. I'm I talking go, about life, John. Wait, Mr. Hedberg. <clears throat> Mr. Hedberg has already informed me how it's, this is because it, it really ultimately becomes a form of the golden rule. That's right. Yeah. It is that. It is that. Well, so yeah. what's been happening around here in addition to all of this recently, uh, and, and this is, and I, I say all that by, by way of saying, I'm not going to throw anything over a fence that I don't want to have thrown back at, over the fence at me. If I throw moldy cheese over one of these fences here, it's anybody's guess what they're then going to take that as license to do, right? Especially if they know it's you. Yeah, I don't. Well, who else, right? Where mm, yeah. if it's one piece of multi cheese, could have come from anywhere. But if it's like six pieces of multi cheese, yeah, just carelessness. Come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, jeez, well, this is tough. So what I've got going on around here, though, is that there are a lot of fledgling crows, and by fledgling, I mean literally. There are the the, the way, the way with, that word means, right? Like little, they learn how to fly and do their thing. That's right. right. Yeah. And one of the things about crows is they get big. They're like humans. They look full grown a long time before they are emotionally full grown. And what baby crows do is they hang out and they bitch and moan all day. They cry and bitch and squawk and, and they want their parents to keep feeding them a long time past the point that they should go out and get a job. Right. Right. Like they should go get a job at, at, at Wiener Schnitzel. Or, mm. you know, hot dog on a stick. Yeah. And then they should stop doing this thing, like my neighbor's son, where they just sit and play video games. He's still and, sad about his dog, I think. Yeah. So the crows are doing this, and I'm hearing them every day. <laughs> Those are not adult crows. Adult crows have other things to think about. You know, adult crows, when they, when they caught you, they're mad at you for something. Yeah. These crows are just making, they're just out there making noise. And I think, wait a minute. This moldy cheese is an opportunity. And so I get my old suet holding bird feeder cage and I hang it up. Is it like on, a little, I mean, my grandmother used to put it in like netting. What do, you, yeah. what, what do you put it in? It's like that, but it's metal. It's like metal netting. Okay, okay. And, uh, and I fill it full of moldy cheese and I hang it on the, on the, uh, the on, oh my the, god! The on, under the under the under That's the. That's some like Martha Stewart level shit, John. And then, of course, <gasps> you know the the thing about a crow, of course, is they're not going to come just eat something just because you say so, right? No. They're going to have to scope it out. Nice. So I go, so, so I go out into the into the the yard because I've been talking to these crows for weeks. You know, like get off the chimney. There's nothing there for you. And they look at me, and you know, and they're like, "Leave us alone, man." And I'm like, "Seriously, not on the chimney. Do anything else." But there, whatever you're doing up there is is only going to come to 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 ruin, right? Don't make don't make the chimney the thing between us. Yeah, yeah. But but so I go out when I see him. I go caw caw. You know that uh, I'm I'm trying to communicate with the people around here because I'm because uh, I want to be a better neighbor. 
Yeah. <clears throat> so I go out on the driveway and I go, caw, caw. I've got cheese here. It's not a I trick. I think you're going to like it. You know, I was thinking around the world there are people that kill for this cheese, and I'm betting it's you. It's not a trick. I'm going to leave now. I'm not going to sit here and spy on you. Do what you, uh, what you wilt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, <laughs> that's the extent of grow law. <laughs> I go, that's right. Exactly. I go back into the house, but there's it's a place. Really <laughs> they are Hobbesian. Uh-huh. They are, they are chaotic crow neutral. Against crow. Purely yeah. chaotic neutral. Uh, I go, but I can sit on the couch, and if I if I sit a certain way, I can look through the doorway, through the kitchen window, and out, and see the suet feeder full of cheese. More points for the couch. And sitting there, then I watch the crows figure it out. They come down, they land, they look at it, they kind of fly up and grab on, and <clears throat> you know, a big crow is too big to hold on to a suet feeder. They try. Mm-hmm. But they look ridiculous and they can't. It's too hard. But one of these crows that that looks like a full-grown crow, but it's a baby crow, they're still light. And so little by little, the baby crows find the cheese. Oh. And then I get to watch the moldy cheese get eaten by the crows. <sighs> and hopefully, you know, I know the crows aren't going to control the mice. But I do feel the, like... The, 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 the parents, the guardians, parents are guardians, or guardian ad litem crows, they will in time understand hey it looks like they aren't trying to poison us yes the, right. the big the big guy who makes con noises right perhaps and I don't, we can work I, together i don't need them to bring me any emerald bracelets no. i just want peace in the valley people think crows are so transactional and they're not mm-hmm. it's like sometimes it's just nice to have a friend it's just nice to have a friend look i hear you guys complaining all the time your parents are probably trying to get you to to move on this is my wiener schnitzel this is my hot dog on a stick. This is, I'm going to give you a teenage job right now. I'm going to give you a $4 an hour job. Come get the cheese. Come get the moldy cheese out of the cage. And this will be your and the parents, stone And it's a chance adulthood. for the parents to admire them, too. It's their version of a talent show. Yeah. Like, look at that. Look, look at they got some moldy cheese. Look at that little guy. That's pretty cool. Look, that's right. They figured it out. The guy, the, the, the guy that's always yelling at them about the fireplace... Now he's giving them cheese and they and they put two and two together. We didn't even have to do anything. It's like uh, it, nature is healing. Yeah, you know? I agree. Yeah, you can't. It's, is, is it is it harder to make that same deal with the mice? I've learned so much from you. I was I think it was probably after we stopped recording last time that I sent you that video of the crow, mm-hmm. like stuck in our our screen, <laughs> and like but like so you and I have talked for for a long time about trying to you know get with the animals in our life in different ways, not to like tame them, you know, not to like, you know, become drinking buddies with them, but mm-hmm. to like establish uh, boundaries that let us live successfully together. Right. I mean, is that, is that too generic? I mean, I'm not out there acting like fucking snow white, like trying to make friends with the birds. It's more like I want us all to be able to do the things we do, but unlike other, other snorks out there, I'm going to try and create boundaries that we can both honor that will end up helping both of us. That's right. And I feel like there are animals that you can redirect like a crow. You can redirect away from the, the, the chimney mm-hmm. where there is nothing mm-hmm. to moldy cheese in a basket. And then by that method, now the crows understand, oh, we're working together to accommodate. You know what you got, John? You got credibility. You got a little credibility, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I had pigs around here, yeah. I feel like the pigs and I would understand each other. Here's where I go. Here's where you go. Pigs this are smart, and they're going to know pretty quickly whether you're trying to gas. A, a pig is very sensitive to gaslighting. There it is, right? And with, the, and with the raccoon, I was like, here's three eggs. And the raccoon said, I'm not interested. And I went, and then I learned... Oh, okay. You don't try and win the affection of a mother raccoon by putting chicken eggs in the ground. Like that's another thing I learned, right? Noted, right? Mm -hmm. They're training me. Mm -hmm. But in the case of a mouse, I don't know how to redirect a mouse to a positive outcome. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, hey, mouse, here's what I want. This, This benefits us both. It's like an ant. How do you redirect an ant like I know what you want to do is swarm the jam in on my kitchen counter. But they're jam swarmers, and they don't have as much of a sense of self. I don't mean that disparagingly, but I think part of again, E.O. Wilson would tell us that a lot of the success of those creatures comes from the fact that they're 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 not out there trying to get on Star Search. 
Right. They're doing ant work. Right. And so what, what is how you, how do you motivate an ant? If I was dreaming of an ant colony doing work at my bidding, what would I want those ants to do? I can't think of it. I can't think of what I, right. I mean, maybe they could go find the mole while he's sleeping and, and, uh, and swarm him and choke him to death. But, like, but that's, that's, this is the problem with a lot of fantasy ant control is like, you're asking them to do something that is not part of their makeup. Right. Right. And like just letting the ants do their thing. No, but I, I get you though. Like I take absolutely no joy in killing any of these animals. There's no. some animals in my life that I've been so mad at. I'm very happy to kill them. But honestly, it's not, it's not a Buddhist thing. It's, it's not even like an interesting thing. It's just like, it's not fun to kill an animal. Mm -mm. But like the thing is that I want these plants in my house and the plants attract flies and I need to do something I have done something to get rid of the flies. What did you, what did you do to get rid of the flies? Oh, are you curious? I did a couple Did you swallow things. the fly? No, no. That was my old woman. Oh. That's what I call her. <laughs> but, um, what did you do? No, I, wa I want to know about the flies. Well, the, the, I don't really have flies, but, I, but I'm always interested but in them. I, I, I try to do sort of an integrated, integrative approach, mm -hmm. which is like, hey, the flies are here for a reason. The flies are here because something's working. Like, there must okay. be something they like about the soil. Like, you don't see flies just, like, hanging out in, like, dumb mud. It's probably some of the plant. The plant, plant food I use is probably, I know, is slightly putrescent, and I think that that attracts them. Okay. And But anyway, they also just like making babies in dirt, like all of us. And yeah. But so I start, I, I mean, like, what I've ended up with is uh, something, I, I've had to do a little bit of movie magic, but, like, I've got, I know my, my family hates stuff like flypaper they don't like looking at fly tape they, they hate it like i think it feels very i don't know it doesn't feel like the house you'd want to live in to see you know fly paper sure, hanging sure 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 so i hung it on a boom it's got a bad rep yeah 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 i hung it at a, on a boom but at an angle where you only if you look over there you're going to see a boom a, a tabletop boom with uh, and you're gonna see just two little slim things where again movie magic like Indiana Jones not realizing there's a bridge that he can cross in oh, Last Crusade. Sure, it's like sure. you know forced perspective you turn, but preceding that the kind of works. The most basic one is every once in a while I give the plants a day outside, and then I, sh I shake the shit out of the plants. That that disrupts the flies, not the ones who are dug in real deep, but that gets some of the flies out in the most or organic, natural, uh -huh, uh -huh, in uh -huh. the most least barbaric way. Another thing is I have- You shake the plants and you see the flies fly away yeah, into you, nature. <laughs> you get them back in the house when there's less fly. The other one is, and, and this doesn't work great, I don't love this, but you can make a solution with um, isopropyl alcohol and, and water. Yeah. And for some things that actually disrupts their exoskeleton, but I think it just annoys the shit out of them a lot of times. But that's, that's how I, I, I deal with that. But you know how it is here with the ants in particular. Sugar ants, they call them. They're adorable. They're tiny. They're harmless. Yeah. But especially in what used to be – God, everything's so confused here, John. The weather is so different than it used to be. used to be every summer it was just you know very, very foggy every day. It's still mostly foggy. You get the rain later in the year, November, mm -hmm. December, January. January and February used to be like torrential in San Francisco. Less mm -hmm. so now. But what's that do? Well – that washes out the domiciles of many animals like slugs and ants. Mm -hmm. And when, think about what, what, what's an ant. An ant, an ant is just a thing that lives in a, in a tube that's not full of water at the moment. When it that's rains, right. it washes out them ants. And they go up, 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 looking for, ironically enough, water and food and shelter. And boy, do they ever go crazy. Well, and what I learned is ants can drown. That's you, a shame. You, yeah, you want to think that ants uh, can just float along, but in fact, in fact, they can drown. Yeah, I mean, at the point when they can't drown anymore, we might be facing something, you know, a little mean. more. But you know, I, I don't, I don't enjoy any of that. I've, I've loved killing some roaches in my life. Sure, I, You're from Florida. I well, and see, also, I fucking hate mosquitoes. We're just yeah. we're watching a season of Survivor that involves lots of people getting an old season of Survivor where everybody's getting bitten by mosquitoes, and like it just reminds me how much I don't know how I lived in Florida as long as I did. Like no shade eliminate. I'm not trying to be mean like used to live in Florida guy, but yeah. honestly, stuff like we don't we just don't have mosquitoes here. Like we didn't have screens in our windows for like 18 years here. Wow. We could just open our window, and you know we could do open our windows. Yeah. But like in Florida. 
I mean, or even like when we would go to one time before a kid was born, we visited uh, my wife's family in Providence and went to the Y and like, oh, we'll take this little, I think I might have told you this, but we'll take this little nice walk. We go to the Y at six or seven in the morning and we're going to take a walk through this little grove that was actually kind of closer to a swamp. I've never been so set upon by fucking mosquitoes in my entire life. It was harrowing, like as in like you start jogging to get away level of mosquitoes i hate mosquitoes and i've heard it said i haven't looked this up i'm not gonna look it up i've heard it said uh, we don't really we're not so sure what what are mosquitoes for even what are they for even what are they i mean what are they and don't 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 write to me but like do they bite deer and that kills them or like what is what's their role yeah right well how are they functioning as part of an ecosystem they were here before us you know malaria's back in florida now have you heard that (sighs) malaria's back and tony's got them huh hmm uh, you know, uh, uh, Florida is like uh, booming, right? Yeah, uh, it's like uh, uh, people moving there in droves, and you make it sound yeah. like a like a terrible place to live. What What are those people thinking? Uh, well, you know, it's it's less cost. It's the same story. It's been since at least the seventies. It's less costly to live there. All that kind of stuff. It's I think at the time when I moved there in the early eighties, where it was a lot of where we, we live was still mostly farmland. Like it was there was cows in Pasco County, yeah, like cows. lots of cows. But I think a lot of people like inherited stuff from their old parents who, you know, sure. had built stuff there. But I did have a thought that I shared with my wife last week where like, you know, there's just so many things about Florida. Ha ha Florida man. Ron DeSantis, the gutting of my college, like all of these things that are just you've story after story about what's going on in Florida. Well, okay, why, why are there so many stories about Florida? Well, it's a big fucking state. Like, oh yeah, it's big. It's real big, and it continues it's as big to as grow. Italy. Is that right? Yeah, it's big, big, big. But like, I had this thought where, like, I, I said to Madeline, like, I, I have this idea, this sort of, um, I don't know, inchoate idea that, like, you know, like, like in. Um, I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos. I actually want to talk to you about some YouTube videos at some point. Um, but like, you know, like um, when the Titanic goes down, it like breaks in half and starts mm-hmm. going down. But like, because it's attached, it pulls down the rest of the ship or think about the scene in Master and Commander where mm-hmm. you got to like that good boy, you got to cut him loose because yeah. if that thing goes down, it's going to bring the whole ship down. Yeah. Right. That's an analogy. I think there's, there's some part of my brain that thinks that's going to be Florida's role. Some shit is going to go down in Florida that's going to try to drag the entire country down. I think it could be a fiscal thing. I think there could be a, like, I could see a crisis. And it's not very interesting and funny and woke or, uh, or liberal even to say, like, but, like, think about if some major systems go completely tits up in Florida and all the people that are vulnerable through some combination of, you know, climate change, the seas rising, or just like, I don't know, they just thought, you know what, we're not going to, we think it's woke to accept money for Medicare and we're not going to do that. I could just see some really fucking crazy thing happening. Here's what I see. I see a future where we have to bail out Florida or lose the whole country. Oh, I can bail see, out like, Florida. Se- do, do you know what I'm saying, though? I could see several different ways that Florida becomes like basically a super fun project that just happens to be shaped like a dick. And it's like, we've got to do something to like deal with Florida or it's going to pull the rest of the craft into the water. You know, my sister was really, really into that mega tsunami uh, story mm-hmm. that the, uh, that the, uh, what, what is it? The Canary Islands? Where was that me- mega tsunami going to start? There was going to be a mega tsunami that okay. started uh, with a, um, with a, an earthquake volcano on a, on an island off of the coast of Africa that was going to then uh, uh, send this uh, this big wave to wipe out the East Coast. It was, yeah, I, I, I think it's Canary Islands. Anyway, and there would be well, this imagine thing. Imagine that just slamming into the East Coast of Florida. There, there was there was there was going to be this thing <laughs> where it was like terrible. Okay, we know this has happened, and now there's six hours before a a, a forty foot high wave hits Florida. Where so we need we need to do a Fukushima level evacuation of like 4 million people in six hours in six. That's what I mean. Like the six hour yeah. part. And, yeah. and, and of course the, there's other people who are just sitting there like watching some kind of dingling right wing thing and saying it's a conspiracy so that the Jews can steal your house or something. Yeah. There's not really a tsunami. No. coming. And I, I mean, what's the tallest point in Florida? It's like 42 feet, right? So there's nowhere you can go. You can go up to the top of Mount Florida and stand there you know, with however many other people. <laughs> in beautiful Osceola County. Can Welcome to Mount Florida. <laughs> and, and so my sister was just like, oh, this, you know, this, uh, this Canary Islands, uh, like, uh, mega tsunami that is going to solve Florida for us. And also, of course, it's going to hit. Poop, that's dark. 
I know, it's right? It's got a little bit of a want-to-see conference feel to it. <laughs> it's also going to, like, because, you know, at the time that she was really thinking about this, which is in the 2000s, um, you know, we're thinking of all the Tidewater states and, and uh, you know, and this was, bef- I think, before the the uh, the big storm hit New York and we saw what that really looked like. Oh, that was so and crazy. And so she was just like, because the, we're... The, the one where the subways flooded and all that? Yeah, exactly. That was so crazy. We're from the Northwest, so we're like, the disaster's coming, right? It's going to be an earthquake. It's going to be a volcano. It's going to be something bad. We're, we're always thinking about it out here. And so she got into this, oh, wait, we always think of the East Coast as being like, no volcanoes, no earthquakes, but they it's don't like made see out of gr- I mean, like I watched, oh, God, I've been watching so many videos. Like the one way they were able to build, so many things are crazy about the Empire State Building and the fact that they built it in such a short amount of time. But one of the things is they could have... They have these these amazing columns, over 200 columns, to, to make that building. But it's like, it's on, what's it called? Like, not bedrock, but, you know, like this incredibly, like, hard, contiguous, consistent stone. That's how you can bedrock. make it. Probably bedrock. But yeah, but you know I'm saying, like, there's so many places where, like, but with Florida, it, no where rock. part of it is literally already below sea level. Yeah. That's what I'm here to say. Oh, and my I think, God. I think what ended up happening was that all of the mega tsunami hyperventilation, mm. somebody was like, no, that's actually not how it's going to go. Or no, never mind. See, this is exactly what, what concerns me. You know, the dissenting opinions. Yeah, right. Well, because, you know, every because this was a thing for a while, every, everybody was like, this mega tsunami is definitely happening and it could be any day. And then somebody comes along and goes, no, you read the papers all wrong. And now it's not, there's no chance of it happening at all. And then there were the people that were like, that's what they want you to think because they're coming for your house. Mm-hmm. And now who knows what the real story is with the mega tsunami. I don't but, know. I, I think there's a lot of problems we can expect. Yeah. You can always, you can always just hope that, it's, that at one point it just breaks off and floats out to sea and becomes its own nation, an island nation. <laughs> was, that, was that a weight joke? <laughs> <laughs> 